This is the World Industrial News for Friday, July 1st, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part seven of their podcast, Addressing Climate Change with the Internet of Things and AI. That means that every power plant affects the grid in its own way. Every load affects the grid in its own way. And all those effects are communicated to everybody else through the power system itself. The same is true on the internet. The same is true on the atmosphere. So if you actually looked at the scope of the problem for managing our grid, you're now talking a much larger system than you ever would have thought before. And fortunately, the technology for doing these ultra-large systems is coming along very nicely. So we're getting bigger and bigger in these systems, and we need to be ready to handle systems of much wider scope. And now you start to talk about why do you need an infrastructure? You really can't put that kind of a data management in an application. You have to really address the needs of the actual suite of problems that you're going to start solving. You also have to make sure that things like AI, which is ideally suited for handling large volumes of data, uh, you have to make provision for them to, them to be used. I heard it once said that the average person has a uh, ability to handle transient data of about five hertz, five times a second. We're talking about problems that are more like a million times a second. Wow. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. We have examined many of the wide-ranging challenges to biofuels regarding competition with farmland and fertilizers, as well as their capacity for adding significantly to the energy mix. It is doubtful for a host of reasons that any single renewable source will become as dominant as oil, gas, and coal have been over the last 120 or more years. So the future energy landscape seems destined to be dotted with a variety of replacements. Some, like geothermal and renewable natural gas, will be location-specific, while others, like the dreamed-of hydrogen economy, may have more widespread geographical options. The most litigated federal regulation that never actually went into effect hit another roadblock June 30th when the U.S. Supreme Court voted 6-3 to to reject the Environmental Protection Agency's rationale for regulating carbon dioxide emissions from power plants. The court remanded the issue back to the EPA, which has been working on a new Clean Air Act rule to reduce CO2 emissions from the power sector. The case, West Virginia versus EPA, capped a years-long effort by coal interest and coal state Republican attorneys general to limit or abolish the EPA's ability to regulate CO2 emissions from coal-fired power plants. In one form or another, federal litigation around the EPA's ability to regulate CO2 emissions has spanned nearly 20 years and four presidents. Public Service Enterprise Group, an energy provider that services several states in the U.S. Northeast, was granted a regulatory green light earlier this week to proceed with widely anticipated grid modernizations. 
These projects are part of a broader capital spending plan to update PSEG's T&D capacity and prepare it for more renewable energy. Industrial Info is tracking about $1.4 billion worth of active projects involving PSEG, nearly $800 million of which is already under construction. The New Jersey Board of Public Utilities on Wednesday approved a settlement that will enable PSEG subsidiary Public Service Electric and Gas Company to invest $511 million over four years in its infrastructure advancement program. PSE&G's plan is focused on reliability enhancements that will help New Jersey achieve its clean energy goal. Power developers and operators have reported plans to install more than 6 gigawatts of offshore wind capacity in the U.S. over the next seven years, according to a recent Today in Energy article from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. It's notable that the government agency reports only 6 gigawatts by 2029, whereas President Joe Biden has set the goal of having 30 gigawatts of U.S. offshore wind by 2030. Industrial Info is tracking substantially more than 6 gigawatts of planned U.S. offshore wind, but classifies many of these projects as having a low probability of moving forward as planned. There are a number of reasons for this, including logistical challenges due to U.S. maritime law and opposition by residents along the coastal areas where the wind farms will be installed. However, some developers have accounted for these hurdles and are taking measures to overcome them, giving them a greater chance of actually being built. And Permian Highway Pipeline LLC has announced a final investment decision to proceed with its expansion project, PHP, which is jointly owned by subsidiaries of Kinder Morgan Incorporated, Kinetic Holdings Incorporated, and ExxonMobil Corporation. Said the expansion project got the go-ahead after securing binding firm transportation agreements for all available capacity. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.